0: Welcome back. We are back again with another episode of Prospects Worldwide. We're continuing our series on the top prospects in every minor league system, and today we are on episode 9 out of 30. We've got plenty more down the pipeline, but today is all about the Arizona Diamondbacks. The desert heat is high and the prospect well is deep. We'll break them all down right here, right now. So Arizona fans, even though you can't watch your Diamondbacks live this year, today I invite you to sit back and enjoy talking about your baseball future. Enjoy it today. I'm John Giles, and this is Prospects Worldwide. Number nine, ladies and gentlemen, and today is about the D-backs. We're breaking down the entire organization's top prospects that you need to know. Here today to talk about these desert snakes, I've got my co-host and the champion of chase, Mr. Jake Tillinghast. Jake, it's another good day.
1: It is indeed another good day. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I heard you took a little nappy poo.
1: Yeah, I got to fit some of those in sometimes.
0: Ah, well, you're you're better than I. I. I I am terrible at naps, so I just sleep a few hours and then I uh, live on coffee all day. So I'm about four coffees in so far. It's a little much. <laughs> it's not enough. Uh, oh, by the way, I stretched the nickname a little bit there, Chase, as in Chase percentage out of the zone. But I also just realized it's the home park of the Diamondbacks, Chase Field. So a little fun stuff right there, right?
1: Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs>
0: I think I'm just going insane during these pods that like a little wordplay just melts my brain. <laughs> so we, uh, we need to get done with these, <laughs> but Jake, we are joined once again by one of our head analysts and scouts at prospectsworldwide.com, And now he's officially the most popular scout the series has seen Mr. Drake, man, Drake, uh, it's good to have you back.
2: Hey, it's good to be back, John. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You've covered the Padres, the Orioles, the Marlins, and now the Diamondbacks. What do you think about the system as a whole, uh, since you have eyes all over the place?
2: The DVAC system as a whole, it's actually really interesting. They have drafted extremely well the last couple years, and the Zach Greinke trade actually got them most of the players that I listed, like Seth Beer, JB... Bukowskis! Bukowskis, Uh, Corbin Martin, Were on the list. Spoiler alert early on, but DVACs have a really uh, good (laughs) system, but it is majority in the lower minors, so... Mm-hmm. It's going to be an interesting time for the, the Arizona Dimebacks.
0: Well, a good young system, that like you said, but this is a system that I worry about with COVID because a younger system, I feel like they're all raw. They need the development. They need every bit of managerial help. And now it's so much more limited. So we'll see how these Diamondbacks fare. Um, let's get down to it, though. Drake and Jake, you know the drill. We'll talk top five. And then we'll hit the five remainder players in their spotlights, like you talked about. Could be a J.B. Bukowskis out of UNC. It could be uh, you know, a John Duplantier. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that list goes as we go further. Um, but the top of the system is stacked with some big names. There is one clear one, though, and it's Christian Robinson at the top. The sky's the limit on him. He was signed three years ago for $2.5 million out of the Bahamas. And he has the physical traits to be one of the best prospects in all the minor leagues. The power is evident, he's 60 plus in that tool, and he offers plus ability on the base pass and with his arm. He does lack some seasoning in the fielding tool, and we have it rated as a 45, but one could assume his athleticism is going to help him in that department. One thing the athleticism is not going to fix is that hit tool. So far, his batting average hasn't really struggled, It's just south of 300, but the underlying contact rates are troublesome, and he has nearly a 30% K rate. What can he do to control that bat a little bit more and to pump up his hit tool? Uh, just to make him even more dangerous.
2: So I just think he needs more experience with the uh, pitchers at each level. And let's just not take into account, he is 19 years old. So that hit tool might get a little bit better with experience and age, but I just don't see him hitting for much average. But the power and the speed, that's a really nice thing to see out of the top uh, prospect in the system.
0: Jake, what do you think about uh, Christian? Do you do you see that hit tool developing further or is he just going to be that pure athleticism, speed and power type of player?
1: Yeah, I think he'll kind of be that same type of player. The, the 45 hit tool is nothing to spit at. It's definitely fine and solid, especially when you get the rest of the tool set. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Joe Adele light in a way. I mean, he's a little younger, obviously Joe Adele's in the major. He just debuted a few weeks ago, but um, same kind of tool set in a way he's taking he place center field. He'll likely get pushed off into, in a right field, especially with the guys like on their system. But, He's a fun player, definitely no doubt. Like like you got touched on, he's got power. He's got he's got some speed. He's got a great arm. Um, the strikeouts are a little concerning with him. Definitely, you want to see him like make a little more consist consistent contact. Uh, his ground ball rates are a little high, but overall. He's a good hitter. I think he'll find his uh find his groove. It's unfortunate this year. I'm pretty sure he had some trouble. I'm not exactly sure in the whole situation, but I'm not sure he's on the 60-man. I'm not sure he's going to be able to get to the 60-man this year. I'm not sure if there was trouble getting over from his home country or whatever, but it's kind of a bummer because he's going to miss that full year of development, especially with the coaching and stuff, but... It is what it is at this point. Hopefully, he's just kind of staying with his game, and we'll be able to see next year if he's made any adjustments or anything, because we're not going to see him really until then, unless something changes in the next uh, few weeks.
0: I'm, I'm looking up right now, trying to figure out why he was left off the roster, and that is intriguing. He he didn't fly back to the Bahamas. He stayed in Arizona to do work, but he just got left off, and I am, I am confused about that. It leads me to a question, uh, not on the 60-man roster, uh, about a player like this. And I guess it's a naive question, but you see a guy with a 45-hit tool, who, who you're right, it's nothing to, to scoff at. 45-hit tool and, you know, 70 raw power. that turns into 60-plus game power. How much can he rein back that power? You know, focus on hitting for contact, maybe slow down the swing a half a step is that going to mess him up entirely? And like, just not even worth it. Just go all out on the power. Cause honestly, a 60 plus to a 60, if you can improve your 45 hit tool to a 50 hit tool, that's worth it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely worth it. Um, with him, he's just kind of the kind of player that's probably not, I mean, he, he could, he definitely has a talent to tap into it with him. I would rather not sell out some of the power just for a little more hit tool. Like I said, the 45 hit tool is fine. In my opinion, like it's nothing to be really worrisome with like, Quite honestly, I'm not worried about that at all. With the tip of the toolset, it's more than enough to make the job done. It's just just the fact that he gets swing and misses a little bit. I think it's just the fact that he's young. He's facing some decent pitchers. But I think he'll kind of work through that a little bit. But it's just a matter of fact of getting back out there. The timing could be a thing. It's a thing with everyone. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll kill him too much, to be honest, as long as he's staying in shape. And like you said, if he's in Arizona still, I doubt he's just going to be kind of slacking off and doing his own thing if he's here. He's going to be working out and doing his work. So I expect he'll be fine next year.
0: Yeah. And, and, and a couple other things are in his favor. You know, he does have that plus speed, 17 stolen bases last year. He has a good eye, 11% walk rate. Anytime you're double digit walk rate in the minors, it, it means you're paying attention. It means you, you know, have that sort of patience at the plate that does translate in the major leagues. Uh, so he could. He, you're right. He, he could easily you know, fulfill his potential at just a 45-hit tool. I just am always curious about those huge power guys. If they just cut it back a little bit, maybe they can do better at the hit tool. But that's neither here, here nor there anymore. I want to move on. I want to go to number two on the list. We've got catcher Dalton Varsho. Uh, Varsho really is a fascinating prospect. He's a high-hit tool, likely 20-plus homers a year with the bat. Combine that with average or, or slightly above-average fielding, it should be... Enough to make most catchers stick at the position. but Varsho also has a rare catcher straight. He's got 60 grade speed. you know last year he nabbed 21 stolen bases and if you have to go back to the year 2000 to find a catcher with more steals in the majors, it was Jason Kindle with only 22. It doesn't happen very often and and with this extra tool, do you see him sticking behind the plate or are we going to utilize him in the outfield with that speed?
2: I personally don't see him like as a uh, catcher going forward. His arm strength is average, and it might get to below average at some point. But I do see him more of like as an outfielder. There's so much to like with Varsho. Pierre's hit tool in the system, I'm, I'm thinking. And like you said, the 20 home run power that he possesses with all around, he's one of their, or he is probably their best prospect that will be up in the next uh, two years. Well, he's up now, but. <laughs> in a normal year. Yes, I understand. Yeah, a normal year. <laughs>
0: normal year. Jake, do you think he should stick behind the plate or or is he just going to automatically go to the outfield or or DH or something like that? Um, Because I want to see him uh, behind the plate. He
1: he can do it, and I want to see this rare beast behind the plate. No, maybe if we go into the electronic strike zone and all, but I'm not going to even speculate on that because we're just kind of waiting and seeing on that whole aspect. So I don't take that into consideration right now when I'm evaluating the position right now. He, don't, he won't be able to stick in the position with what we currently have. Um, part-time, yeah. He will be able to maybe get beyond the plate once a week, maybe. And so maybe twice a week just to kind of give some rest, just get his bat in the lineup as well. It's kind of, obviously, as Drake said, I think he's going to be an outfielder. For the most part, he'll be a left fielder. And with the DH as well, now in the NL, and likely to just continue to stay, that's going to continue to help to get his bat in the lineup. And probably going to see him move around just a little bit more. I'm sure he'll add first base to his repertoire at some point And just be that all-around guy that just they need to get his bat in the lineup they just don't really have a true position for him until he can maybe kind of carve one out and until he just kind of gives it a go at a, a position full-time I don't think that'll really happen he will just kind of always be bouncing around but you definitely want this bat in the lineup it's fun as you said there's a lot sure. of speed there's just a lot of just hit ability just in general he's just a really good hitter and it's just a really good overall athletic player that these are the kind of guys you just bet on and Like I said, he's not going to stick a catcher. A lot of people knew that moving up, but you bet on the athletic catcher, and you see what happens, and it worked out with him.
0: Yeah, his hit tool. Well, more beyond his hit tool, you look at his batter profile. He pulls the ball forty percent of the time. Oppo shot thirty-two percent. Center hit twenty-seven percent. Fielders can't shift on him. He can spray the ball to all fields. So that tool, that bat tool, has to get in the lineup. You guys have him as a 40-45 fielder, as a catcher. Is that a similar ranking as he would be in the outfield?
1: Yeah, I would probably have him as a 45. I mean, he has potential to grow into it due to the fact of actually focusing on that position more. More so if he kind of gives up catching at one point or just in general. Now that he'll kind of be in the major leagues, it's kind of his position going forward in his primary you bet on a kid like this that he can mm-hmm. figure out a position. So I mean it's potential he could even grow into a fifty-five. I don't think there's much potential past that. The arm, like Drake said, is it's about just a fifty, so he'll be limited to a probably left field role. He's I mean, he could play center field if needed in a pinch, but he's not gonna you're not gonna wanna throw this guy out there consistently. But he has that ability and same with right field, it's just to kinda of says the same thing, but something we haven't really seen, like you said, from the catcher position in a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we are gonna be deprived of that twenty stolen base season. I was I was scrolling back to like 1896, trying to find random seasons where catchers had these monsters, and they're just so rare. Like, ah, we could have had one with Varsho. I hope he gets to play a little bit. I hope he has fantasy value from the catcher perspective. Enough play to, or enough innings as a catcher that get that fantasy relevance. Because that I want to. I, I want this to happen. Damn it! <laughs> but let's fall to the next slot here. To a guy I'm personally a little lower on than number three, but we've got Alec Thomas. Thomas is another prospect who, like Varsho, possesses both the bat power and the speed. Overall, I'm impressed by the full body of work, constantly hovering around 300, 390, 450 at each level. But this year, when he got promoted to high A by Celia, he slashed 250, 320, 340, with only four extra base hits and a little over 100 plate appearances. I'll give him credit. He was three and a half years younger than everyone else in the league. But is this something we should worry about long-term? I see a slash line like this, and I stay away.
2: I wouldn't be too worried about it, personally, because I'm actually a huge fan of Thomas. He's one of the big guys I think could be a leadoff hitter for the D-backs for a long time. They have a lot of them in this system. But Alec Thomas just sticks out. He has a nice lefty swing. The good spring mechanics and uh like you said he was three and a half years younger so it just takes a bunch of experience and uh yeah experience
1: yeah i'm i'm i like i like thomas a lot too quite honestly i think he has a really solid all-around all package the hit tool is really nice we have it at a 60 quite honestly i i would grade the power as higher than a 45 plus I, I believe in the power already i think he's shown the ability in spring training he was showing some ability as a as you just said he's a young kid he was 19 i think in uh spring training and he hit a home run. I uh, against I think his dad was in the other other dugout. I think his dad coaches for the White Sox, and he hit a home run, and he was making fun of his dad in their dugout. But um, <laughs> a fun little story there. But um, yeah, the kid's got a ton of just raw tools. Quite honestly, the, the arms kind of the one that's kind of just lying around there. We was at a as a forty fiveer right now, likely just probably a left field profile just with the arm. He's got good speed. The thing that doesn't play the speed well right now is the stolen base potential. He got caught quite a bit um, last year. He had 15 steals and 11 caught stealings. It just has been a problem throughout the minors with him. I mean, he's only been in the minors for two years, granted, but it has been a has been a little issue that he needs to kind of figure out as he moves up. And obviously, as you move up, you're going to face better catchers, better pitchers who have better times, and you need to be quicker and get better jumps. So. Just want to see him elevate the ball a little more. But what I saw in the uh, spring training, I saw him getting the ball off a little more. His launch angle seemed a bit improved. So from what I've seen, yeah, I'm a a big believer in Alec Thomas, quite honestly. Okay.
0: I I know I probably put too much stock in a slash line, in an OPS. So it it could very easily have just been a small sample size, too young for the league. But I I see that 667 OPS – and I just shudder because his career, he's always been hovering around that 820, 830, 840. And it's like all of a sudden he fell off. So this year would have been a great year to see if he could have just improved that right back up to that 840 level. And now we have to wait a little bit longer. I say that all the time and I hate it. I want to see these prospects develop now. And and I just can't wait. I don't have the patience to wait till next year.
1: Uh, yeah, He's on the 60-man roster. So he's going to be getting some pretty good at-bats down there when they're able to get scrimmages and inner squads in down there. So. He would have been at the advanced A position this year if we had a full minor league season. So he's going to be getting some pretty good A B S that year that he was facing in spring training. And if he's showing well, it's going to be pretty good for his timeline. Quite honestly, it could have it could show him up in next year he'll be up in double a and if he shows well early in double a he could be a guy that uh, his timeline gets accelerated a bit
0: that's true i I didn't i actually haven't thought about that before where the people at the 60 man are going to be your triple a your 4a players that are going to be almost that not necessarily the taxi squad because that's a whole other thing this year but that type of player where all these all of a sudden this 19 year old is in there if he can compete if he can just learn under those guys you're right even though the stat line's not going to be there this year he's going to have that development under his belt that he could show up next year as a 20 year old and be as an advanced as what he would be as a 21 year old. So this is that's true. I didn't, I hadn't thought about that before. So I was low on Thomas. I guess I'll be patient and I'll wait to see what next year has, but the next guy on the list, I'm already high on. We've got Corbin Carroll. He's another lefty outfielder here who, who if he develops to his max potential could be a truly great leadoff hitter for years. He's a future 60-grade hit tool combined with 70-grade speed and plus defense, so that means he's just going to plug into a major league lineup easily. He's only 19 years old, so there's a lot of development left here. But we've seen plenty of young talented players like this make their debuts early. Adele, Robles, Soto. Why do we have a future ETA of 2023 on Carroll? Doesn't his skill set lend its way to an early debut?
2: With this developmental window, where with the COVID and all that, Corbin Carroll is going to miss a little, just one more year. That's why I took that into account with the 2023. But we could see him early 20 or maybe late 2022 because he is that uh, talented with the speed. The power is never going to come to fruition as he is kind of like a slap hitter. But yeah, he still does strike out quite a bit, uh, 22% of the time. But he still does walk quite a bit as well. And that on base is basically that top of the, the lineup bat that you want on your roster.
1: I think Carroll's pretty good, too. I mean, I'm a big fan of him. I think he has more potential long-term probably than um, Thomas, more more ceiling probably just due to the plus-plus mm-hmm. speed, and he also has the same hit tool, but I'm a little higher as well. I mean, he's, he's young. He's definitely young. I think he had, like, to answer your earlier question, his ETA, I think it's fair because, like Drake said, he's missing a year, but again, he's on that 16-meter roster, I believe, so he's going to be getting some, good, some pretty good uh, development, just as Carroll said, same kind of conversation, but... Yeah, overall, I think it's going to be a good year for him. It'll kind of show a lot. It'll show, like you said, it'll show if he's ready for that next step and that quick kind of rise through the system. If he shows well throughout this year, it's kind of hard to say he's not ready for it. But it's tough for us to tell because we're not going to get many looks at it. So just based on right now, I would say the 2023 is fair, but... Again, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see on that. But yeah. I think he's I think he's a center fielder of the system here. I think this is the guy that everyone moves away for. I mean, if you look at an outfield of a system of Alec Thomas in left, uh, center field, you got Corbin McCarroll. And then right field, you got Christian Robinson. And then you got a utility that we just talked about at far, uh, Dalton Varshow to give everyone a rest a little bit. Both of those guys at the corners are capable of playing center field. As you said, Varsho is a little bit too, but you don't want him there. So... If these guys all hit their potential, obviously, I don't know how many times top four prospects in a system hit their potential, but I think there's a good chance we see a lot of these guys in the next, by 2023, we should be an outfielder by the uh, running fantasy teams wild, running the NOS wild, and that division's getting pretty stacked, quite honestly, pretty soon.
0: Well, in that scenario, you have Dalton Varsho as a fourth outfielder slash utility guy slash designated hitter.
1: And Bar- there's a chance Varjo is a five-tool player. Hundred <laughs> like, percent, yeah, he has the potential. Other than like the defense, I wouldn't say that the defense is five-tool, but yeah, he has he's he's got that legitimate four tools, and defense is we'll see as he yeah. kind of develops. So but yeah, th- that, for sure. that
0: outfield is going to be uh, wild to look at. If, you're right. If they meet their development, which top four guys meeting their top four development is not common. <laughs> so, Definitely but, but common. it still could happen. So course but let's keep moving on the list uh we're gonna get to a guy who's not an outfielder well, at least not currently who knows what his future might hold but he's rounding out the top five we've got Geraldo Perdomo he's a shortstop who just kind of does it all he's an above average hitter fielder and runner and the one tool he lacks is his plus ability to hit a home run he just doesn't have the power and that's not even a necessity as a shortstop he keeps his k-rate down and his walk rate up he makes clean, consistent contact. And last year, he increased his fielding percentage to nearly 97% in almost 1,000 innings. What is there not to like here? Am I missing a big hole beyond the numbers?
2: There really isn't uh, that many holes with Gerardo Perdomo. Like you said, the high speed guy, top of the lineup. Like I've been saying, they have a lot of those type of hitters here. They're with Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, and then now Gerardo Perdomo. He doesn't strike out that much, a K percentage of 13.4, and a base on ball percentage of 14.0. So that's really nice to see, especially from a hitter of his caliber. The power is not really going to come to fruition, but that's okay. Going forward for Geraldo Perdomo, especially when he's going to be the starting shortstop here pretty quickly. Sure. I remember a few episodes ago,
0: and I cannot remember for the life of me who the player was, but it had a similar stat line where his walk rate was better than his K rate, you know, 14% compared to 13% and I remember doing a stat search on whatever it was, fan or baseball reference, whoever, and no one in the major leagues had that type of uh, batter profile. They all had higher strikeout rates than walk rates. So when I see minor league players like this that have the patience and have the contact ability to improve their walk rate over their K rate, it's someone that I focus on hard because no one in the majors is doing it. So if this guy can, if he can keep it up, he'll be an oddity in the majors in a good way.
1: Yeah, and even if even he doesn't keep it up, he's been pretty consistent with it throughout the throughout every level he's been. Quite honestly, the only level he hasn't been able to do it was one quick stop in 2018, and that was, again, a 14% walk and a 16% K rate, so it's right there. just it Still there. close, yeah. Yeah, exactly, so it's just right there. Yeah, we've lost the guy who's kind of walked more than they strike out in baseball. It's kind of a shame, but it's just the way that baseball's gone, but... It is what it is. More homers, I guess, so there's that. Um, <laughs> well, that's something that Perdomo won't give you, so... It is something he doesn't do now, but it is something, I think, as he kind of gets into the majors, I think in a few years after he up breaking into the league, I think is when you'll kind of see some power. We have him as a 45. I think that's pretty fair. I, I don't think you're going to be a 45 any time in the first year or two of his uh, of his career, but... As he kind of grows into getting more comfortable in the league and grows into his frame, I still think there's a little bit more in that frame to kind of grow into. And those balls that are kind of just finding the gaps are going to start finding the seats. Not as, not as often, but he's going to have that 15 to 19 homers a year. And with the overall potential, that's going to be a solid shortstop and probably what, like Drake said, probably the guy the D-backs are looking at as their future starter.
0: What your profile you're describing right there sounds a lot like Jonathan VR, where high hit, high field, high speed, no power and then all of a sudden he starts growing into that body he starts utilizing a a higher launch angle and boom 20 home runs 22 home runs and that came out of nowhere with vr this could be you're right he could end up being something very similar to that but guys let's take a quick break to hear from one of our podcast partners and we will be right back What's up, folks? It's Steve from the Grande and Big Sum Show. If you're looking for the hottest takes, Twitter debates, and everything going on in sports and pop culture, then look no further. We've got you covered. Whether it's tackling the newest in the NFL, NBA, and college sports, catching up with some of your favorite college and pro athletes, or just chopping it up, there's something here for everyone. You can find the Grande and Big Sum Show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Grande and BS Pod. That's G R A N D E and BS Pod. Thanks, and we'll see you guys soon. We are back. The Diamondbacks' top five is in the books. We've got a lot of pitchers coming up. The top five players in the system were all hitters, and now seven of the next eight are all pitchers. We're going to start at number eight in the system, and we've got Corbin Martin. I'm curious what your reasoning here for is for this spotlight. You know, I'm looking at a player with four pitches, but none of them are elite. He's got good command, but only a future 45 grade. Without knowing how you feel specifically on him, this type of profile seems average, and I would probably overlook it. He is a major league arm, so give credit where credit is due, but nothing wows me. Where am I supposed to be wowed?
2: I do think that his uh, stuff plays a little bit better now that he's out of the Astros system. Uh, It is going to be interesting how he comes back from Tommy John surgery that's going to be a very interesting development because normally when a pitcher does they struggle with their command or uh just the feel for any of their pitches but Gordon Martin has a fastball that gets up to I'm uh, 99 miles an hour he also has a knuckle curve that is extremely extremely good it's his best secondary offering he has a slider that is that could become a plus, but I don't see it. And then a changeup, he basically uses very rarely. But I think Corbin Martin is the best player that they acquired from the Zach Greinke trade. But with the Tommy John surgery, you just never know.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a little off on Martin, quite honestly. Um, I wasn't overall impressed just throughout the system with the Astros. I was probably the low guy on him. I'm just not like he's like that. There's not just there's not any like consistent out pitch in my opinion. He doesn't grade plus on any of his pitches. They're all just kind of. Just 55s or how we have it, 55s on the fastball slider, curves of 50 in the changeup, we have a 45. We're a little lower on, I agree with it. Um, He's more just that average back of the rotation at best starter. This is the kind of same, I feel, prospect fatigue, slash this guy's getting too old to be considered a top prospect level or in the, in that top prospect tier. I mean, by next year, the next time we see this guy after Tommy John, he's going to be 25. And he's definitely not going to be able to just hop right into a rotation. He's definitely going to need to see some type of rehab starts in the minors. So at best, we're looking at this guy mid-year, around the all-star break. So we're seeing this guy at his earliest in the majors at 25, which is – there's nothing wrong with that. But it's kind of that same tier level. It's like, can we count on this guy to actually be a starter in our system? And I don't know if the Diamondbacks are actually counting that out anymore, looking at the way they drafted. They went after six – I think five pitchers in a five-round draft, and they had six picks. So – they definitely saw the need to add the pitching in this in the system because there's not a lot of guys you can actually consistently count on. They drafted some college pitchers this year, and I think that's that's their way. They they don't they don't think they have much in the system right now to kind of compete and that they can virtually count on. So I'm a little down on Martin like that in the beginning. Just overall, I don't know if this is gonna last as a starter role. If it is, it's gonna be that like kind of just in and out of the rotation kind of guy because i don't see a whole lot of just consistent out pitches getting through a lineup three times is going to be tough for him i think
0: uh, i mean there is a time and place for a back of the order inning eater starting pitcher with a 5.2 era That's just a body he's just a warm body who throws arms and i'm not trying to be down on martin saying that that is his future but even if that is what happens i mean it's still a major league starter i mean there are pitchers that have that stat line who are making millions of dollars. So by all means, he's probably going to make his money. But Drake, do you see him as more than just, I mean, I know you're higher on them th- than I am, but, but where in the rotation do you see him peaking a three man?
2: I, uh, yeah, I'd say a three man. I okay. uh, Yeah, pretty much three man.
0: Okay. Uh, so, so somewhere in that three, four, five territory, which if he is a three, this number eight ranking does make some sense. If he falls to that number five man, that foray pitcher that runs taxi squad, that runs out of options, that you have to throw on the waiver wire and hope that no one grabs just so I can keep him for the next time we need a spot start, eh, I'm not high on him being number eight. That That's just not a number eight prospect.
1: Yeah, um, he's actually been throwing in the uh, alternate site. He is already starting his comeback from Tommy John a little earlier than I actually knew about. So that's actually good to see. There is a chance maybe he'll be able to get some good um, good rehab back. And quite honestly, he's not really missing any time. Quite honestly, like, mean, yeah, he would be in the big the big leagues this year. But if he's having Tommy John, he's not missing any time right now. So his development does have some chance still. And I might be a little low on him. But again, he doesn't have that out pitch consistently. So he'll need to show that. But that's just a quick note I wanted to touch on him. So he, he is throwing now. So that is good.
0: That's good, yeah. I didn't realize he was already back from that TJ surgery. But guys, let's move on uh, to the next guy on the board, number nine on your board. And unlike Martin, Levi Kelly has a profile that I absolutely love. Uh, He slots in here at number nine with a K rate over 30 and a walk rate under 10 and a home run rate at a minuscule 0.36. That's roughly one home run per 27 innings. He hits 98 on the gun and is working on a splitter that can make him even more devastating. If that pitch improves, he should theoretically improve his ground ball rate and make him an even better pitcher. Will he have enough, though, to make him a quality starter? Or is this just going to be another bullpen that, you know, could have been?
2: Uh, I think that he's going to be a starter going forward. Uh, Basically, this one was hard because it was between Martin and uh, Kelly for 8 and 9. Because I'm actually a big fan of Kelly. I think he does need, like, if the splitter fails, he does need another pitch because... Fastball is a plus, slider is a plus. What's really interesting about him is he was only hitting 89 to 90 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden he comes to the D-backs and he's throwing 97, 98 miles an hour, which is insane. And you talked about the 30% K percentage all last year. So I'm a big fan of Kelly and I'm actually uh, going to be excited about his uh, development going forward. I am just
0: gonna hack this website, and I'm gonna move Kelly directly over Martin Dunn. Okay, we are changed now, and no one will ever hear that again. Jake, what do you what do you think about Levi?
1: The splitter does need a little improvements, as I touched on in other pods. Splitter is my favorite pitch in baseball. Mm-hmm. I used to throw one, so I have a little thing for him. But it's just the toughest pitch to just square up. If you can throw it the right way, if you can keep your arm healthy with it, it's Quite honestly, just one of the nastiest pitches in the game. He has a, he has a good one. It's not obviously like he's one of his best, his best pitches. Drake likes the fastball better, clearly. He has a 55 on it and a 60 slider and a 45 on the splitter. I'm a little higher on the splitter. I'd probably grade it as a 50 right now, but it's definitely his third pitch. And I would like to see him improve on it a little bit because if he can, he has legitimate wipeout stuff. He can use versus let these righties in any count, in a, any situation. His command could use a little bit of work. It's just a little below average, in my opinion. It could use a little bit of work, but he lo- he he keeps the ball low, as you touched on early, John. He doesn't give up really many home runs at all. But yeah, um, as Drake kind of touched on in high school, he touched he was hitting 80 high 80s, and now he's touching 96. So he's he's filled out the frame very well, and that fastball could it could move into a plus pitch if the command gets better, and just the overall potential here is. Probably at this point, the highest in the, in the uh, back system, other than the guy we won't touch on, but Bryce Jarvis and uh, Walston, he's right up there. But if, that's, if that splitter can get back up there, I, I like Levi Kelly's potential better than anyone in the system, quite honestly.
0: So you mentioned the command being an issue, and it's a real, in my opinion, it's a real red flag when a pitcher is fastball, changeup, curveball without command but fastball slider that wipes out of the zone anyway and splitter that drops out of the zone anyway, it almost is inevitable that he's going to have, not necessarily poor command, but a lot of pitches out of the zone. So I wonder how much of this 45 command is just, he's not hitting the strike zone because his pitches don't hit strike zones. They, They force batters to swing and miss.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, he definitely is a chase pitcher. He's looking for the strikeouts. He looks he's looking for the balls out of the zone that people are going to chase for. Because as you said, the slider and the splitter and the slider gets fantastic movement. It's it's a true plus pitch. It's a legitimate slider that can get swing and misses. And as we touched on again, the splitter's another pitch you want to just keep low and in the dirt with the 0-2 count, 1-01 count. You just want to get keep it low and like the ground ball rates and the home run rates kind of show that. But yeah, I think I think that definitely does play into the into the into the, uh, into the command grade right now. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I'm not worried about
0: that command, uh, yet. You know, if the walk rate starts inflating and going crazy, then yeah, maybe sure I can talk about it. But as of right now, I think Levi's got good stuff and whether he's a starter or a reliever, I think even if he's a reliever, he's a, he's a wipeout reliever that offers some really high potential for the diamondbacks. But let's, let's keep moving down. We went eight, we went nine. Now let's go to number 10. We have a 19 year old, who's been at rookie ball for the last couple of years. Uh, We've got Wildered Patino. This year would have been the start of his ascent, probably, but obviously plans changed. And if he develops properly, you've got some exciting five-tool projections on him, Drake. 50 or higher across the board for every single tool. Obviously, like I said, this year would have been crucial. But tell me, what's Patino's ceiling after this year? And more
2: importantly, what's his most likely outcome? I mean, I I basically... He's just gonna be their starting center fielder. Uh, the plus speed, plus or yeah, plus speed, plus arm strength. Uh, it's most likely he could be a fourth outfield type if he if he keeps getting injured. Uh, what was interesting about Patino was the Rangers were going to sign him for four point three million dollars, but he had elbow surgery, so that's when the D-backs basically said, "We'll give you nine hundred k, and you'll go uh, play for us." And then he got injured again in his elbow. So it's going to be interesting. But, yes, I do think that he has legitimate five-tool potential. But it will be all dependent on that elbow and him staying healthy.
0: You have him. So, so just I, I'm going to clear it up because I'm a little confused here. You say starting center fielder. But we already have four outfielders ahead of him on the rankings that are all in that play. And Christian Robinson – Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll all could be starting center fielders. So what Patino's Patino has a better future outcome than those guys.
1: No, you can say he has that potential to be like yeah. just because yeah. he doesn't have potential to be like, just because there's a good player doesn't make someone that's also good, not have potential. Okay. So you think Joe Adell's not a potential starting center fielder in the major league baseball just because we have trout <laughs> right now. It's, there's no room for him, but he's also 19. So, I wouldn't take that into too much consideration right now.
2: Okay. Basically, what I was seeing with Patino was he's really good at adjusting. When I was watching one of his at uh, bats, he took a high pitch and he was underneath it and he popped, up, uh, popped it foul. The next pitch, he basically took it and then he was waiting for his pitch, waiting for his pitch, and then he doubles into the gap. And I'm really impressed with how well he basically adjusts to pitching.
1: Sure. Yeah, he's a good player. He has a potential to be a starting center fielder in a system. He has a potential to be a starting outfielder at any position. I think he's more of a corner outfielder role. Right now, we have the feeling he's a 50. I think it could be a little better. But right now, it's a 50, and just kind of got to see how he develops. But the offensive ceiling is pretty nice. He's got a 50 hit, 50 power. He's got 60 speed. He makes good contact. He doesn't have a ton of experience. So he is not on the 60-man roster, so at least as of right now, I'm not sh- sure he's been added, but up until this point, I'm not as aware of him being on the roster, so he's definitely missing some uh, time, and one of those players that I would have liked to see get some development this year is going to be a bummer. He shows it. We just got to kind of, again, get that ball off the ground and get the ball kind of elevated, just work on that launch angle, and he's going to start seeing the ball get driven ball a little bit more in the gaps, and as he kind of grows into his frame a little bit, there's still some projection there. He'll, uh, he'll grow into some power. It's just going to take some development as he's missing this year, but We'll see how he kind of shows up next year and we will be the real we'll tell. Okay.
0: Well, well, guys, uh, good information there for sure. I, I, this, If these outfielders develop properly, the Diamondbacks are going to have a problem on their hands because they have to figure out who to trade because you don't want to give away a future all-star. And it sounds like all these outfielders have that potential to be that future all-star. So intrigued as to what the Diamondbacks do in the next four years to see what the future outfield looks like if it involves any of these five guys that we've talked about. Uh, But let's keep moving down the ranks. We do follow a bit. We go from 10 all the way to 14. And here, the winner of the cool name contest, now that Jazz Chisholm's not in the system, we've got Blaze Alexander. And more than just a name, he's he's a plus fielder with even better speed and even better, better arm. He seems undoubtedly to be the shortstop of the future, which probably helps his development greatly, considering his back could grade out to being around average. His defense and athleticism are going to take him to the bigs, But will the bat let him stick?
2: I think the bat will stick. I mean, he is uh, 21 years old now. Uh, But something that I've noticed with him, much like I was talking about Patino, uh, Blaze Alexander's maturity, he has – I touched on it a little bit in my write-up, but he has two different loads that will vary in uh, different counts. So if he's behind in the count, he'll basically have a slide step. But if not, he has a little bit of a leg kick. Uh, Like you said, the athleticism is really nice to see. And uh, basically, he is a long shot for shortstop because you have the Perdomo in there. But if he can shore up his plate discipline and his K uh, rates, I think they have a really solid player here in Blaze Alexander.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think he definitely has a tool to stick at shortstop. The arm is legitimate 80 grade stuff. We have it graded as an 80. It's a true 80 grade arm. It's legitimate. I don't know what else much to say about it. It's just a good arm. He's shown it since high school, he's shown it throughout the minors it's consistent it's strong it's accurate it's just what you want from the shortstop position and quite honestly any position but it's not a plus fielder at shortstop but he's at 55 and he's virtually maxed out there you're gonna not see too much projection there um the projection mostly really just comes in the bat with him he's just been kind of slow to develop a little bit with the bat yeah he he's been in the minors for two years but I think he's he's just kind of one of those guys that needs development more. Yeah, so he's not a, he's in another prospect now to the sixty man roster. So it's a bummer not to see him there. I'm not I'm not sure on the real situation at hand with him. I'm kind of surprised not to see him. He's a 21 year old shortstop that really needs a reps at at the uh, offensive side. In that aspect, I'm a little worried um, that his hit tool and all that isn't going to develop to what he needs to. It's just I'm going to say it a lot in this podcast, but it's just a lot of wait and see um, with yeah. him. Like. You, the defense is he'll he'll probably quite honestly get a chance at some point just due to the defensive potential with the arm, but sure. it's you, we got to see something with the bat still. He he showed good walk rates at times, so there's there's potential there. He's shown power at times when he was in the in the low minors. He showed seven homers last year, but um, I don't think that plays well long term. I think it's more of like a ten to twelve homer guy, and he needs to kind of get that hit tool up to be a consistent starter. I think.
0: So you talk about the walk rate being you know a good walk rate 11 percent and how his hit tool needs to develop farther i just spent the last 43 seconds watching the video on your article drake the, the blaze alexander video from his instructional league in phoenix and it's 43 seconds and there's nine pitches he sees and he swings at like two of them it's the weirdest video because the entire time it's just pitch 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 and he's watching these balls go by and i realized i'm like oh i'm watching a video on his eye that's what it's an he does have a good eye these pitches look like they're going in the zone and they whip out real quick for a walk or for a ball and it does show that you know he does have that maturity at the plate it took me a while to figure out that's what i was looking for because i was hoping i could see some home run swings or something but oh oh it's a it's a patience video got it he uh he does have the patience at the plate
2: so basically what i was saying with like his, his plate discipline he is really good at like uh, recognizing fastball, but he struggles with breaking balls or changeups in the dirt. And he will literally just, what Jake was saying on Mount Castle in the Orioles podcast, he will literally just swing uh, at cover. Eyes closed. Eyes <laughs> closed. Just, hey, if I hit it, I hit it. All right, okay. Well, Mount uh, Castle
0: has scouts confused. A lot of scouts love him, a lot of scouts don't. So if Blaze is the same way, Interesting development path we're going to have to see. So I, I look forward to seeing how he progresses. You're right. I think he will get in there with that with that defense. So where that bat lies is going to be the real question. Um, I did say Blaze won the name game. I think there's one close contender, and that's the next guy on our list, number 17, Seth Beer. I think all the Arizona fans have their fantasy baseball teams named a Blaze and a Beer or something like that. Uh, it's going to be a good fantasy year with the names alone with there. So so we can take a look at that. Now, when Seth Beer came out of Clemson, we thought he was going to be a good fantasy player because he had 56 or home runs. And, and he hit a home run in 9% of his at-bats in college. In the minors, however, that number got cut in half. He, he's only hitting a home run 5% of his at-bats. And his hit tool done enough to surprise me. It, it's a 290 uh, batting average. And that's good enough for a 45 future hit tool. But since he offers little, little to nothing in the field and on the base paths, will the bat be enough to actually make it? Because the power doesn't seem to be there like it once
2: was. I, I know Jake is on the other side of the spectrum, but I'm actually a big fan of Seth Beard's bat. I know that, like you said, defense. Like, so it's good that the DH might st- uh, stay in the NL because that's like his perfect uh, spot. But Seth Beard does have a really nice hit tool. Just in my opinion, but he—I think that the power will actually get a lot better. He has a nice, simple approach to the plate. He spreads the uh, sprays the ball around the yard, and overall, I just really high on uh, Seth Beer going forward. Jake, rebuttal.
1: Um, yeah. Just to start <laughs> off, just to make this fun before I kind of rip into Beer a little bit. Um. I don't know if it's really fun, but um, in my fantasy league, in my dynasty league, the guy who drafted Beer, we have just a running joke that Beer's new name is the big beefy boy on campus. So I'm not sure if that's really fun for, for Seth Beer himself, but that's his that's his name in our league, and I think it kinda matches what he's playing on the field. He the athleticism is pretty bare and small. i I'm, I might be able I to I believe what you're in. looking
0: for is non existent. Four caught stealing, zero stolen bases.
1: Yeah, yeah, what I, I was gonna get to is you. I could compete right. with his athleticism, so pretty <laughs> I'm terrible there. Um, yeah, I mean I, I'm not gonna compete with his bat for sure. The bat is definitely his calling card. I'm just not very high on it. I would probably give him a 40 hit tool and a 45 power. I just I don't know. I don't I don't think this is the bat that plays at the level. I think this is similar in the mold of what we saw with another previous Astros prospect again obviously we're talking about the Diamondbacks here but this is where beer came from is uh AJ Reed? I think it's a similar just problem at the plate he just has problem I think in the long haul just being able to touch major league pitching and consistent just top tier pitching night in night out he he does well he obviously he showed well at double a and I don't think the power really moves forward and like you said there's no room for him really on this team or really for any team in baseball today like you need you need some athleticism to play in the field today, and there's no room for a guy that has a 35 fielding, 25 speed, and a 40 arm. There's just really no room for that, especially in this system when we just talked about all the outfielders, and maybe you can shove this guy at first, but uh, I don't think the whole profile really fits at first very well. But, yeah, he just doesn't really entice me, quite honestly. I think this is just a guy that has trouble sticking on rosters, and it's just that kind of bench guy that can hit right-handed pitching a little bit, that you hope can tap into that power at some point, but it just doesn't end up kind of really tapping into it. Maybe he can carve out a Dan Vogelbosch role in the future, but that's just not really in the cards for him right now, I don't think.
0: Uh, watching some video on him, it looks like he's got a pretty rapid, uh, you know, toe touch, toe kick. I don't know what you call it on his load. Um, is tap. this something as simple, to a little toe tap? Is this yeah. something as simple as just pulling like a Josh Donaldson swing chains where you just go to a high leg kick, and all of a sudden, Jonathan's a whole new hitter. Is this something that we could possibly see with a guy like Beer? Just yeah. change his mechanics at the plate.
2: I'm not um, too worried about the toe tap. Like, whenever I, fir- when I first saw Seth Beer, he reminded me a lot of Brian McCann with the toe tap, and I honestly think that he could, with the bat, be kind of like a Brian McCann.
0: Okay, so that is it for the uh, top 20, but actually... I. I don't usually do this. I don't usually interject and force you to a spotlight guy, but there's one guy you didn't spotlight that's on this top 20, and I just have to touch on him. He is number 20 himself. It's John Duplantier. He was once the number one player in this farm system. 2018, he was number one, and now he's all the way down here. I'm going to keep the question simple. Why?
2: What happened? Injuries, that's what happened. I'll be straightforward about that. Injuries, and he's already... For how hyped he was, I feel like he should already be in the Major League rotation and already one of their better pitchers, but injuries have hel- hel- uh, held him back. His stuff. Well, I, oh, sorry, ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. I think it's so much more than injuries. He has
0: a 5.4 ERA and a 16% walk rate. Unless the injuries have made him a bad pitcher, it's not like they've stunted his development. He's just not a great pitcher anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'll jump in and agree. I, I think I mentioned him a little bit earlier when I was talking about Corbin Martin. Uh, that's what I was kind of afraid of Corbin Martin's role end up being, is this kind of Duplantier role is if we can't see him in the major leagues, what's really good is he doing? You know, he's hurt. Although he's not hurt all the time, but he's hurt. He can't stick on the mound. He can't find his way into a rotation consistently. When he gets a shot, he gets hit up a little bit. So it's like, what are we really doing here? So I'm just worried that's kind of the same deal with Martin, but come the Duplantier, I mean, yeah, I mean... He's had some concerns with some walk rates and stuff throughout the minors. Um, That's starting to show up a little bit. It's definitely a little bit of a concern. The stuff overall is kind of, again, same as Martin. He doesn't have that true out pitch. He doesn't have a out pitch to just kind of go out and say, hey, I'm going to just throw this and you – probably can't do much about it and most hitters can't he doesn't have that pitch to just go out there and say hey here's my slider here's my career ball and you're not going to touch it so he has to really mix in pitches mix in stuff and really actually be on with consistently three to four pitches a night to be at his best and it's just too tough for him to do that because the best pitch we have right now is a slider and it's a 55 and is 250 pitches and a 45 with a 45 command there's just how are you going to consistently get out major league hitters with that kind of repertoire like consistently for one but even coming out of the pen he's not really a guy that projects to have his stuff play well out of the pen as as much because again he doesn't have that pitching like maybe the slider plays up a little bit but the fastball isn't gonna jump too much in the pen uh the changeup's not gonna improve there and the curveball isn't either so i don't really know what his role is quite honestly so i agree with the 20 ranking i wouldn't even been okay with having him off the list entirely quite honestly and giving someone with more potential long-term mm-hmm. he's he's coming into the league in his prime he's not coming into the league with any projection he's coming in at, at his best and you're never going to see this guy get better virtually like yeah he'll get better with seasoning and just virtually getting into games but you're not going to see this guy project at all like, he is what you got yeah uh, I, and drake i
0: i apologize i didn't mean to cut you off i'll let you finish um do you have more to say on him
2: i was just going to say basically like i i think i have a fair comp on Duplantier. He's a former D-back, and his name is uh, Randall Delgado. you remember him? Uh Oh, yeah. Injured all the time. Uh, I could see Duplantier basically doing that with uh, being a reliever for them, but I just don't think that he's going to be at the level that maybe Randall Delgado once had with the D-backs.
0: Well, guys, that is it for the top 20. Uh, I do want to touch on those guys that we didn't mention. Uh, I know, obviously, I I pulled – uh do plan tier out at the very end there. But, uh, you know, at number six and number seven were two pitchers, a lefty and a righty, Blake Walston and Bryce Jarvis. I know you guys are higher on them as pitchers, so look out for them in the next in the next couple of years. Uh, they were the last two first-round picks by the Diamondbacks. Then, from 11 to 13, we've got three right-handed pitchers, Matt Tabor, Luis Frias, and Slade Ciccone, followed by 15, J.B. Bukowskis out of UNC, Go Heels, 18 19 are Andy Young, second baseman, and Tommy Henry, uh, left handed pitcher. Uh, And then finally, like I said, John Duplantier at number 20. Uh, But outside of those 20, Drake and Jake, I want to give you guys the same opportunity that I do every single time. Who is someone outside of these top 20 that you want to give some credence to, that you want to give some credit to right here, and just someone that you want to give some recognition?
2: There's one guy that uh, I'm actually pretty fond of. Uh, His name's Tristan English. He was just drafted 20. 19 for the D-backs. Uh, he looks like he could be either a pitcher or a position player. So he could be that two-way talent in this system. Uh, in my bloodstream.
0: Team. Just pump it right <laughs> into my veins.
2: I think, I think that um, he could be a good player on both sides of the ball. He's still extremely raw, but Tristan English is the dude that I think is going to surprise a bunch of people in this system.
0: Tristan English had a good last year at Georgia Tech, and I hope that pushes through. Uh, 1.138 OPS with 18 homers and only 200 at-bats. I uh, I like the bat. You are correct, Drake.
1: I like this bat. I, I have two guys. Um, just real quickly. Just the first one is Taylor Widener. You're actually probably seen him a little bit as a Diamondbacks fan, pitching with the team. I think he has potential to be the future closer of the squad, quite honestly. He's got a legit fastball slider duo. Yeah, he he's an older pitcher. He's already 25 as well. He's a strict reliever at this point. He was a starter throughout the minors, but at this point, he's just he's a reliever. He's got virtually a two-pitch guy, but that slider and fastball plays up much better than like I was speaking with Duplantier. This his stuff plays up well, and I think again he has the stuff to be the potential uh, closer of the future. If not, he's gonna be an eighth-inning guy. And just another guy that uh, we didn't touch on is Jeffrey Jefferson Espinall. He's a outfielder, 18-year-old. Uh, he's just a young kid. They signed, uh, and he's he's got a lot of tools. For the most part, it's just he's young. He uh, he played last year in uh, rookie ball. He showed really well. He had pretty good K rate or pretty good walk rates. He was striking out a little bit, but overall, he showed a ton of a uh, ton of steals. He stole 26 bases, I think, in like 56 games. So he was stealing a ton. He was hitting decently. Um, OBP was there. Power could come with the kid. Uh, he's young. He's wiry, so. He's interesting. He'll probably be on list next year. So, just a guy to kind of keep tabs on. I would probably potentially have him on my list. Again, I'd not do high on the back end guy. So, he's a guy I'd probably have up there. But, yeah, I mean, it's totally cool with what Drake did because those guys are going to probably see in the major leagues. And it holds weight. It's just, will they be able to stick? Maybe not. But just the fact of getting to the league and making some form of impact, holding a roster spot, making starts, contributing a little bit, that holds some weight. So, totally fine. Yeah,
0: I'm a big leaderboard guy. I will go on to all the major baseball sites, and I'll just sort leaderboards until I find something interesting. And one guy that stood out to me in the Diamondbacks organization was Blake Workman. Uh, he led the he led the entire organization's minor leagues with uh, strikeout minus walk percentage. I know that's a very obscure stat, but it's in reality it's who had the highest strikeout rate while also having the lowest walk rate. Uh, So when you look at it that way, it's a very important stat. 11.5 strikeouts per nine compared to one walk per nine while also holding a 1.7 ERA as a reliever. He might, he's not on this top 20. He's not on any list really. I I can't find him anywhere as a rated, I, I could barely find velocity information on him, but he is someone that I am incredibly intrigued in how his uh, career path works out because if these numbers are real, if these numbers hold up in the next two, three years,
1: uh, he's in the majors in three years. These numbers
0: you don't leave in the minors.
1: Yeah. Like you said, there's not a ton of data on him. I don't have a ton of info on him as well, so I can't really share too much, but the numbers sound interesting and it kind of sounds like a reliever profile, assuming it's we haven't heard of this guy. I'm assuming he's a, probably a reliever, mostly. So, He uh, is a reliever in, in uh, high A right now. So. Okay, so yeah. So we'll probably start hearing about him. Might not see him on any list due to that reliever profile, but it's definitely a name to keep an eye on because those are the guys that likely end up in your bullpen for at least some time and hope they stick.
0: Mm-hmm. So b- before we close off, I do have a question from Reddit. Uh, and it, I it, love these as Reddit es- questions. <laughs> <laughs> be as esoteric as you want with the answer here because he's really leaving it open. Um, it's from, I guess it's just pronounced OG. It's a lot of letters that make it look like OG. <laughs> um, it's just, which prospect do you think can be an MB, uh, an MVP caliber? Uh, and I started thinking about that, you know, they may be not MVP on this team, but then I started thinking Christian Robinson with his all around game, Dalton Varsho, since he's going to get those extra looks and fans are going to appreciate the speed, you know, Seth beer, he could hit 45 home runs a year. Is there a player in this org that has some sort of MVP in his
2: future? I personally don't think so. But, I mean, the top five is a bunch of uh, really solid players. you are talking about Alec Thomas, Dalton Virgil, and Christian Robinson, like you were saying. But I just don't see any any of them having, like, a MVP caliber season. So, uh, if Christian Robinson does basically surprise and get that hit tool better than maybe, but I just don't see it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I would probably agree. I don't think there's an MVP in this system, but there is probably two that have a hope they can get to one. Is Again, Christian Robinson is pretty obvious. He's ranked one and he just oozes with talent. But then probably Corbin Carroll has that potential just with that plus-plus speed if he can continuously just rack up those stolen bases. And as I think he can, tap into a little bit more power if he can touch that 50-plus 50, 50 power where he's kind of reaching that 20-ish more... Uh, Home runs a year in that 60 hit tool if he's hitting over 30 or hitting over 300 with legit on base percentage numbers scoring a ton of runs at the top of the lineup playing plus defense potential to be graded as probably not a gold Glover out there but potential to be regarded as a really strong defender out there and just being all around just stud quite honestly he probably won't be that MVP caliber but he might be one of those guys that would just kind of look at it's like oh He's in the MVP race this year. I'm not too surprised. He's been really solid every year, and he just has that one year. That's that's his career year, and his career year, I think, could move into that range. Likely not, but definitely has some well, potential there.
0: It, it's interesting with that with Carroll because if he ends up being the leadoff hitter that I think he might be, he'll get 600 play to pinches year. He'll... Have that 60 hit tool. So that 600 plate appearances might get them, you know, 180 hits. You mix 180 hits with 40 stolen bases. And that's right there. That's right there in that MVP conversation. You sure you might only get 12 home runs out of them.
1: But who's that? A guy that he reminds me of is Jacoby Ellsbury. He got robbed of MVP um, the one year that we're going to give a pitcher an MVP and Justin Verlander. So there is potential for guys like this to get. Those, uh, those MVPs, he's got to have, again, that career year where he's getting 40, maybe even 50 stolen bases. He's playing legitimate defense out there. He's tapping that 20, maybe even getting a little more power, 20-25. And that hit tool, he's hitting over 300 with a 310 with a 420-ish OBP, 120 runs. If he can touch that, obviously that sounds very fun and very good. So that would be his MVP chance. It was not going to be yearly, so don't get excited for that every year. But there is potential to have a season like that with Carroll.
0: Well, we just convinced ourselves that the Diamondbacks both have zero MVPs and like three MVPs. So I think this system's pretty solid. It's got some good top-heavy guys that each of them have. They each bring their own level of different types of potential. So... If one of them hits, it might not take all five hitting. You're going to have so many different guys doing so many different things that the Diamondbacks are looking pretty for the future. So,
2: hold on, John, one uh, second. Uh, let's play the other side of that. Do you guys see a uh, Cy Young Award winner in the uh, system?
1: Uh, well, let me let me look at the system. <laughs> no, quite honestly, I don't. Again, it just kind of comes back to the system was very bare in the uh, in the pitching category before this last draft, and again. The guy's kind of at the top. Definitely not Martin. I don't see that of him. Jarvis, in my opinion, the guy they drafted the first round, doesn't have that potential. He's just that consistent 2-3 starter that's just going to be consistently pounding the zone. He doesn't have that ace material, but he's a very solid pitcher. Same with um, Sassoni. I don't think he has that potential to be a uh, Cy Young. The best one at your your best bet is probably going to be Walston, but he's a 19-year-old, so I'm not going to say a 19-year-old has potential to win a Cy Young. It's a little harder to, to bet with these pitchers, especially with the length and projection and stuff with a lot of these guys. But, yeah, I, don't, I personally don't see anyone in the system that really jumps out of me and says, oh, dang, yeah, this guy's going to be the next whoever. I don't see that with anyone right now.
0: So you kind of shoo-shooed Slade I Slade, if you can call in and tell me how to say your last <laughs> name, I will be forever thankful. Um, but you, you, you kind of shoot him on that and – so he was drafted by the Orioles back in 2018. And as an Orioles fan, even in the 38th round, I'm looking up who you are. Um, so I recognized the name when he got drafted again by the Diamondbacks this year. And I started looking back through all of his old video, and I really like Slade. I-, I thought Slade, he kind of outperforms his numbers, and his numbers are good. 12 strikeouts th- per nine, three walks per nine, with a ERA of 3.8. Eh, the ERA can be better, but... But I wouldn't be surprised if Slade cracks a top end rotation and and really makes some da- makes some moves toward. Um, it God, it's so weird saying possible Sly Young. That is a very inappropriate thing to say to a guy who's ranked whatever in the thirteenth in your system. But I wouldn't be
1: terribly surprised to see a rise out of him. Yeah, I mean he's he's a newly drafted guy, so there's always that potential that these guys to just be better than we expected. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna fault you for thinking that. It's definitely your opinion. I've, I I didn't personally stay with him myself, but. That's not to say he doesn't have that potential. I mean, I'm, I'm one opinion out of virtually millions. So don't take. Hey, I'm kind of in Jake's boat there. Hey, Jake. Huh? Hey, huh? Jake. Huh?
0: You're the, you're the only opinion, bud. Well, then why did we take yours? <laughs> because I'm the dang host.
1: <laughs> so just by default, kind of had to shove it in.
0: Absolutely. Oh Well, guys, that's it for the system. I want to go ahead and thank you. Drake, as always, this is our fourth podcast together. It is an absolute pleasure every single time. I appreciate you taking your time to be with us today.
2: Uh, thank you again for having me and me spewing my nonsense every day.
0: Yeah. Hey, if you think you're just spewing your nonsense, what do you think Jake and I are doing over here?
2: Uh, I don't know what Jake's doing and you're just being an awesome host.
0: I appreciate that. Jake, what? You know what, Jake? I think Jake's going to be my new, my new uh, number two. I think you can be a guest. Good luck with that.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good luck with that.
0: <laughs> Jake, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, I want to... Go ahead and sign off now. I want you guys to tell the world where they can find you and if there's anything you want to plug.
1: Um, yeah, of course, always. Never changes. You can find me on Twitter, J Tillinghast27. J T I L L I N G H A S T27. Sooner than later, you're going to remember how to spell my last name. Just take some time. And then uh, Prospects Worldwide, Prospects World W on Twitter, prospectsworldwide.com follow us on the podcast helps a lot give us a five star helps a ton we have a ton more stuff coming out we have some potential 2021 draft podcast or 2021 draft podcast coming out in the next month or so and a few others are working pretty hard at it we got cheese we got i think 700 to 1,000 names on our draft order now with some reports and also get pretty excited for those you're gonna get pretty familiarized with every virtually any player even thinking about getting drafted this year will be on that list so get pretty ready for that and yeah keep keep giving us a follow and we got a lot of stuff coming on the future
2: and you can find me at DrakeMan4 on twitter and uh basically i'm gonna be doing that cardinals podcast coming up then i also have the twins top 30 and the braves top 30 and probably the mariners top 30 coming up as well uh also go subscribe to our youtube we are uh, we're gonna get more video and stuff up there as well so go get excited about that too
0: well, you 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 have your way of getting people excited about things, Drake. I am, yeah, I'm, I'm in the I YouTube game. You. <laughs> After you speak it like this, I, there's nothing more that I can do than go to go subscribe. So, <laughs> as always, I'm John Giles. You can follow me at Puma Revive. That's P U M A R E V I V E D. And please continue listening to our pod. We'll have a ton more of these episodes coming out. We are a third of the way through, which means we've got. 20 left, 21 left. Oh God, I wanna talk about it. Remember to give us a good review and you can find this article for everyone we mentioned here today over at prospectsworldwide.com. Click around over there for our player scouting reports, first impressions, team draft recaps, and of course, more of these top 20s. And please, if anyone has any questions about a team we have not done yet, or if you just want to hear us banter, send us a line to at prospectsworldw on Twitter. I look forward to reading those questions and I'll be happy to ask them next time thanks for listening today. I am John Giles, and this is Prospects Worldwide.